Hello, you are listening to ArtsLink on CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Calgary campus and located on Treaty 7 lands. I'm your host for this month, Nathan Taylor. On the show this month, we'll be speaking with Joel David Taylor, who is the star, one of the stars, of Beautiful Man taking place at the Arts Commons from February 29th to March 10th. Here's our interview. Now, Beautiful Man by Aaron Shields is going to be playing from February 29th to March 10th at Motel Theatre at the Arts Commons. Um, I Reading about this play, I see that it is a satire about the portrayal of women in film and TV, and uh, in the words of one of the actresses in it, examines how mass media shapes our understanding of gender. Now, I'd like to put it to you, Joel, to describe the world that Beautiful Man takes place in. Absolutely, yeah. It's, I mean, the premise of the show is, I think, deceptively simple. It's three women meeting in a bar and talking about a movie that they've recently seen and they all really, uh, really enjoy. Um, but the world that um, it's sort of set in is um, these sort of power dynamics you see in media are flipped. So instead of kind of this um, typical um, portrayal of like men, men focused and the male point of view and the male kind of sexual gaze being foremost in our, our media in this world, it's the opposite. So um, the the play kind of starts with these three women kind of uh, talking about this this movie that they've seen, and as they keep talking and they keep delving kind of deeper and deeper into these layers within it, um, it kind of leads to this really interesting um, conclusion at, at the end. Now, it's called Beautiful Man, and you play the titular Beautiful Man. I would also like to add that uh, on the poster for this, it would seem to be the female gaze objectifying the character you play in it. Could you describe what beautiful, who Beautiful Man is and what is his life like? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Beautiful Man exists in this very, very strange and interesting um, realm throughout this show. He doesn't, he doesn't exist in the same world at the same time as the characters, but he does sort of embody these different stories and these different um, worlds that the characters create and explore kind of in their storytelling. So it's um, a very interesting sort of seen but not heard is, I guess, maybe a a theme throughout the show for The Beautiful Man. And as it gets to kind of the conclusion, there's a kind of really, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a very interesting kind of flip to that and a really amazing grounding for the character that also gets explored. Um, but I, I, I do worry that if I go too much into that, it might, <laughs> it might spoil a good portion of the show. All right, um, of course. Uh, and I am mm-hmm. tantalized by your statement that uh, Beautiful Man does not necessarily exist in the same time or, or place as the women. That's, um, that's a, a kind of a little bit of a hook there, isn't it? Absolutely, how so? I would like to mention that there was a disclaimer um, in the press release um, saying that, you know, this is, it, it does deal with some uh, serious um, sexual content. 
but I would just like to tie that into something else that I, th- I thought was rather interesting from the press release about, uh, you know, for, for um, people that like to binge watch Game of Thrones, but also wish that uh, it was the women in charge of this society rather than the men. I'm just kind of curious, uh, how dark does this idea of, you know, switching the roles get in this play in, in, your, um, in your reasoning? Uh, I mean, do we get to some real dark, like, you know, female chauvinist pig type territory? Oh, definitely. Definitely, yes. I think when I first read this show, when I was looking to come in, the audition notice had been posted, and some I, I was reading through it, and part of what really excited me about this show was kind of those elements that pushed it kind of outside of our comfort zone, I guess are kind of um, they there. It's a little scary. And especially I think a little scary as an actor bringing kind of those moments to life. But um, yeah, talking about like game of Thrones and it being flipped on its head with the women in charge instead. I, I mean, this, uh, a part of this is, is, is like very closely related and tied to, Game of Thrones, and I think people who come and see the the play will definitely notice that when it when it comes up, it's it's pretty pretty explicitly drawn. I think those lines, but I think one of the one of the messages I think of the show is you have these kind of power dynamics, and I I think there are the, these ideas that if these power dynamics are flipped, things will be different or things will be better in in a certain way, but I think what this show really explores is that it's the power structure itself that kind of leads to a lot of, um, a a lot of issues and, and these kind of problems we have in society as well. So you do get these scenes that will, I think certainly bring people out of their comfort zone. And I'm, I've certainly, been trying to wrestle with who who do who do invite to come see this show because there it, it certainly is some heavy and sometimes even crass kind of content but it's also i think the message of the show and the way the show lands is so amazingly done and i i do think that it's really important for people to see this show and see kind of aspects of themselves in the show or see aspects of the media they watch in, in this show, um, because it is really an amazing mirror into a sort of a, a section of media that a, some section of our population isn't, isn't as aware. And it, it's, it's hard to be aware of something until it's shown to you sometimes, is I guess where I'm going with that. You are listening to my interview with Joel David Taylor on CGSW. Beautiful Man runs from February 29th to March 10th at the Motel Theater at Arts Commons. I like the idea of this uh, exploring it in a serious way. Um, I can think of a couple of examples where this sort of uh, a gender flip had been done in the past simply for, you know, light comedy reasons. I'm thinking of like a, a you know, a Dolly Parton sketch on Saturday Night Live or um, uh, a scene from uh, the sketch comedy Mr. Show. But all this stuff was very fleeting and, you know, was mostly meant just to get a, a quick laugh uh, and, and maybe make you think a little bit about it. But this this sounds like this is quite a, a deep dive into this um, uh, this flipped cynicism. 
Yeah, and don't get me wrong, it definitely is uh it definitely is a comedy, but it's uh it's it's not surface level. It's not um um it's it's there's a really it, there's a really beautiful um through line to it and a really um fantastic conclusion I think to that. It's not played for cheap laughs, it's not played for um to be crass or sexual for um the the sake of sexual and crassness itself. It's it's very it's a very smart play and I think the playwright has approached the subject in a really kind of amazing way. Like yeah, this show does like they say penis and they say boner a lot in this show. So, you know, if uh there's definitely a certain a certain section of people who who might be turned off by that. And I totally understand that as well. But um so. Just so people know what they're getting into, we're basically just flipping the script of what you see, you know, the, the, the stereotypical construction worker talking about, you know, tits and ass and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly that, yeah. De- definitely, it definitely flips the, flips the script and um, um, is very aware of the problematic nature of those moments and those ways of, of speaking and being in the world that I think a lot of people take advantage of and, and don't think about. And I think that is a big theme in this play too, is the people in power don't think about the power that they wield sometimes. And um, how, how does that affect the people around them? So, so I'd like to also ask you about uh, this um, is a coming together of three different theater projects, something that I'm not used to seeing advertised uh, as an actor in this uh, play. What was it like to, sort of be uh, under these three different companies who have come together. That's a uh, downstage verb theater and handsome Alice theater. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, it's been a really fantastic, um, um, production so far, a really fantastic, um, rehearsal process. Um, the, these three companies have come together and obviously they're all very, um, passionate about this, this play, I think, for for very good reason, um, and it kind of hits this, I think, sweet spot that a, a lot of these companies are interested in exploring. And so, having them all come together, I think the added layer of um, discussions, the added layer of kind of um, thoughtfulness and care that they've all taken together, kind of being able to work together to bring this. Um, project forward is, I think, um, it, it's really it's paying off in a really amazing way. That was my interview with Joel David Taylor from Beautiful Man by Aaron Shields. It plays at the Motel Theater at Arts Commons from February 29th to March 10th. You're listening to Arts Link on CGSW 90.9 FM. So I found out that uh, Paula, uh, the host of Noise, uh, had passed away this last week. So I want to play you four songs because um, Paula was one of three or four people that were very important to me at the station in my formative years and had introduced me to a lot of music and had put me on paths to discover music for my own self that um, made me the person that I am now. Um, So I want to play for you the first thing that I ever struck up a conversation with Paula about, and it was uh, Susan Alexander, uh, Sequentia. This is a, a person that made music out of DNA, and uh, after I just mentioned it to her, you know, I was a wide-eyed 
kid just a couple of years, a year into the CGSW volunteering. And you know what she does? She burns me the CD and gives me all the liner notes copied on both sides. And that's the kind of person she was, and that's the kind of person I strive to be, um, a born curator. That was Tal, track three from Sequentia, 1990, by Susan Alexander. One of the things about noise was that it could also be a lot of fun. Besides all the raucousness and the interesting, you know, um, music that would have to have entire uh, compositions, not just about what it, the music is, but about what the music means and how it was produced, uh, and it leads to some interesting and fun friggin' times. And one of the most fun was the 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 impishness and uh, the impish joy that uh, Paula had from playing um, the People's Choice music. 1997, Dave Soldier with Komar and Melamed uh, from a poll of American musical preferences in 1996. They came up with the most wanted music and the most unwanted music. So I'm going to describe to you uh, what I heard on noise. The most unwanted music is over 25 minutes long, veers wildly between loud and quiet sections, between fast and slow tempos, and features timbers of extremely high and low pitch, with each dichotomy presented in abrupt transition. 
The most unwanted orchestra was determined to be large and features the accordion and bagpipe. It also features the banjo, flute, tuba, harp, organ, synthesizer, the only instrument which appears in both the most wanted and most unwanted ensembles. An operatic soprano raps and sings atonal music, advertising jingles, political slogans, and elevator music. And a children's choir sings jingles and holiday songs. The most unwanted subjects for lyrics are cowboys and holidays, and the most unwanted music listening circumstances are involuntary exposure to commercials and elevator music. Therefore, it can be shown that if there is no covariance, someone who likes bagpipes is as likely to hate elevator music as someone who despises the organ, for example, fewer than 200 individuals of the world's total population would enjoy this piece, which was tailor-made for noise. The Most Unwanted Music
good curators, Paula also dabbled in some art of her own. Uh, so in 2011, as part of Soundosaurus, she did a piece with Sean Dicey called Sibilant Sound Silence. And I'm going to play you a track that she created with him. 
Here's the final song I want to uh, remember Paula Fairman with. It's uh, Last Exit. It's an incendiary piece of music, and uh, it's because of her that I know about them. So here is Discharge from Last Exit on CGSW 90.9 FM, Arts Link. <laughs> 